you for joining us for Be Our Geek, where everyone is a geek about something and where we cover your pop culture landscape through our geek filter. I'm Miss Shannon, joined as usual by my friend and co-host, Mr. Jayton Satia. How are you, Jayton? I'm great, and I love our theme song. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm going to get to that, and we appreciate everybody <laughs> joining us here as we are broadcasting, as usual, from the Twin Cities Film Fest studio. And what Jayton is talking about is that, you know what, sometimes as human beings, we enjoy making new friends, right? We go, new friends are great, and we want to meet new friends. But one of my recent new friends decided he was going to start listening to our podcast, which we appreciate. New Thank listeners you. are great. If you're a listener, we appreciate all of your feedback to a point. Um, sometimes you don't want their feedback, especially if they're a new friend, because he said that he had been listening to the podcast. He thought I had a great voice. He thought Jayden had a great voice, but he hates our theme song. Uh, Boo, right? Um... Do I don't know how I, I don't hate it. No, I like it. I like it a lot. Remember, we we when we were the other episode, the other podcast, our, our we, podcast. we we tried like three or four of them. Okay, you know, and I think this is the best of best yet. Okay. So that being said, there's always something better. If well, an if an artist wants to come and actually create <laughs> us a brand new theme song, we would take that. We would absolutely explore that. Yeah. Okay. And the thing that is going to be interesting is that we are going to be wrapping up our. Uh, we have. Today's episode, and then two more that will wrap up the final episodes of our inaugural season here on Be Our Geek, it right? It flew by. Yeah, and so we're going to go through the uh, end of Je uh, December, and then we are going to kick off season two. In Duh. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're going to kick off season two. <laughs> when we, we're uh, try different accents when next we year. Oh, please Every don't. Episode. I've known you for years. You do not do accents. I well. barely do an Indian accent, and I'm and Indian. And you're Indian. I know. Oh, okay. So we're going to get to uh, introducing our, our guest geek, because she's known you for a number of years, too. So uh, as everyone knows from Listen to Us, we do have our guest geek that comes in and talks to us about something that they find fascinating. And this week, we were very excited, and we're going to brass wire. We're going to bring her in. Early, normally we'd bring her in at segment two, but because she is so fantastic, our guest geek this week, Stephanie Hansen. Hello. Blogger, photographer, me. podcaster, social commentator, everything amazing. And she you can find her at stephaniesdish.com and also at her podcast, The Makers of Minnesota, which is yes. fantastic. So thank you for joining us, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. This is why I wanted to bring you on ahead of time, um, so because I'm about to like uh, maybe bag on Jayton for a couple of things. Hey, um, hey. But, <laughs> but Stephanie, you are also, when we get into the, uh, the second part of this episode, we're going to do a deep dive on something that as long as Jayton and I have been doing this podcast, we have not talked about this subject and it's going to come up as a surprise to a lot of people. You are our first Game of Thrones geek on Which our I geek find, podcast. Like, how is that even possible? I know. Well, part of it is I watched the first season of Game of Thrones and then tapped out. And Jayton, are you still actively watching yes. it? You're still actively. So watching I have it. not, I haven't done the full dive of watching uh, episodes like twice because I know that's kind of a key thing is to get back into it. You should just go back and watch the season again to just yeah. kind of get yourself I think caught up. Like I haven't done third. that yet. So like. You I watch them as they come now, out, and if it's like a you? year and a half break between the last one and the next one, maybe almost two years, like, I, I don't know if I'll go back and watch them. I'll just start binging, and I'll just kind of let my, my mind reflect back. So it's a great time to do that. This, like, usually around the holidays, they'll do the marathons where yes. they'll air them all back to back. And, like, if you're wrapping presents or doing cookies or anything, because you don't have to have as much attention Fair because enough. you've already gone through Fair it enough. once. You got the basic gist of the characters. This will basic, be my yeah. third time binging third time if I do it this season. From scratch? From beginning? Pretty much. Wow. 
then I thought it was interesting that both of you, as avid Games of Thrones current viewers, that you were not familiar with one of my favorite web series on Funny or Die, which is called Gay of Thrones. And so Gay of Thrones, if you guys watch the, the new version of Queer Eye, and you remember Jonathan on there? Yes. Jonathan actually had a very successful web series called Gay of Thrones. And what he would do is that every episode, <laughs> he would do a recap, like a four or five minute long recap. where he it's would like be, the Talking Dead. Yes, like. and so except that he would be in a salon, uh, and he would be, he would have a different uh, person come in and sit in the chair every week, and it would just be like, "Girl, did you watch Game of Thrones?" And Game of Thrones, and then he would go off, and it would sound That's like this. That's funny. This theme is epic. <laughs> yeah, I, totally. I mean, honestly, gives you chills just hearing it. Oh, did you watch Game of Thrones last night? I I didn't know I was I was out. I am, um, but I'm actually in that show. Oh my god, is that you? Oh, this Theon? is actually. It is me, Theon. <laughs> oh my god, with this blonde, I didn't even recognize no you. Way. Do you like it? It's good hair. I it? love. Nice. You missed the craziest episode this week. And I'll play a little bit Do you more. You believe of it. how stupid Caitlyn's brother was last night? Edmure, yeah. He missed three times. I felt so bad for him. But then the uncle got up and was all like, get out the way. I got this. And he was all like, uh, this is how we do it. Now, <laughs> I would suggest to everybody, see, so you guys are laughing now. You don't have the visual. You haven't seen it before. But this is how I continued to keep track of Game of Thrones. In the five-minute recap. Uh, exactly. And I would, because the reason why I tapped out, and Jaden has heard this story, Stephanie, is that I decided that Game of Thrones was no longer entertaining to me. It's like emotionally abusive. And it made me sad every week. So I stopped I watching can hear it. that. Right. And so I just kind of was like, eh, the violence is too graphic. This isn't really fun. I really got into so many of my particular geek fandoms because I liked the escapism of wanting to go to Narnia or go down a, through a looking glass. I have no desire to go to Westeros. Nothing good happens to anybody that goes to Westeros. So I'm, I'm assuming you don't watch then The Walking Dead either. I don't watch The Walking yeah. Dead either, exactly. Which for I the also same love. Reason. I also I <laughs> yeah. watched Walking Dead. I'm, yeah, and I'm so, all caught up on that. Yep, those two things. And people are always shocked that I don't watch that. The other thing that I am very passive about is watching The Handmaid's Tale. And that's I'm just, just yeah. binge watching yes. that right now. And I think that all of these fandoms and all of these shows are very worthy shows. And I appreciate having people like you two that can come and tell me about them and being able to watch things like Gay of Thrones because I want to know, but I don't want to like I, I watch I would watch the recaps that they would do on Gay of Thrones. And that's how I would decide what episodes I could watch, like through my fingers, like passively later and keep track of all of the people. What makes these you recaps. squeamish? Right. That's one of the things, because my wife started watching the Game of Thrones with me and like you know, when it first came out and after the first literally two episodes, she was like, this is just too much violence, too much. Like, yeah. I can't just take it in. And, and I've been watching it and I watch all those other Walking Dead. And she continues to come to me. She was like, you're just desensitized to this, aren't you? You're just like, this is gross. This is cho- head chopped off. Like, that's that's not normal. I'm like, of course it's not. It's I live in fantasy. This is what I'm, you know, again. Getting I think away from that's my own, it, is that I can compartmentalize one versus the other. And I can in a lot of particular fandoms. Like, there may be violence in other ones. But when you watch Game of Thrones and you watch Walking Dead, I feel like they have used um, the technology that we have now to make the graphic violence so realistic that it is not fantasy to me anymore. I'm like, that's what torture looks like. And it's, it's very difficult for me to distance that these aren't actual maybe you know i'm too empathetic in nature so i'm like i because i am one of those people that i feel bad for fictional characters all the time 
But when I watch The Walking Dead and when I watch Game of Thrones, I'm all like, I feel like that's the part that turns me off about it. I'm just like, this is, uh, it's absolutely no emotional joy to me. It's only dire. Well, if you put it in the context of history, you you can actually relate it back to what was being done um, to just from humans to humans, and they're kind of reflecting that in the That is also a worthy thing to acknowledge that this is what terror looks like this is what you it know torture looks House, like right all. exactly and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> trump is cersei lannister <laughs> and all the, his cabinet are on various houses and families and, and i do get all of the juxtapositions as well and i think that that's part of what, the, what turned me off about the show as well as far as if you only have so much time to uh commit to particular fandoms how do you choose what you're going to do because our, you know, if anything is a finite resource, it's your personal time, right? Time. So for me, going, okay, well, what am I going to do with what counts as my free time? Game of Thrones was no longer fun. And so I'm just like, I'm at a point in my life where I want things that I can at least have some sort of joy out of it. Like everybody you like in Game of Thrones eventually dies and so we can get more into all of these things and I'm glad you guys can, can keep me up on it. But it is just, it was, I found myself not looking forward to watching the next episode as much as I am one of those people that desperately wants a dragon and wants to do other I'm like I don't want that dragon though you know if, if I gotta go that way to get that dragon I don't want a dragon Stephanie are you ready for the because last season is coming up next year April yeah I believe. April mm-hmm. April season uh, eight. HBO announced that um, six episodes only yeah, but I think each of them going to be like over Full length an hour. Movies. Right. right. Yeah. They're all yep. going to be there. So are you ready for the, the, the to put a closure on it? No. You're not. No. I want um, there to be more, but I also really respect the idea of when you think you can go out on a high note and not ruin it too, because I think like, I think Walking Dead has gone on too long. And yeah, I would I, say two seasons too long. Yeah, and I know that they're following like this comic book arc, and mm-hmm. so that's. But I feel like maybe what could have happened is they could have closed out sort of one season of it, and then maybe given it some time or come back with a different iteration. Yeah, um, like maybe ten years later or something. And yeah, then just give it enough passing of time and real life as well as just fictional life as well. And, then and come the back Walking to it. Dead's weird because it it has like these high points and then it kind of drones on and it just right. and then it'll start to arc again. So it's strange to me that I'm still watching that. And I'll there's watch it too, yeah. some I've missed. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that I'm still hanging in there with that show is kind of miraculous too. Cause they make the payoff enough each season that I keep coming back. And a key part of Game of Thrones is that you have no idea which character will not be in the next episode. Right? <laughs> and they tend to kill <laughs> off fan favorites. Right. So it's very jarring. So yes. as that, as a consumer of a show that you really like, or at least want to have continue going, you now expect that? Are you looking forward to, hey, one of my favorites might just die no, this episode? I, or? It's funny that you talk about that this gives you like angst watching it. Yes. I'm like the reverse, like the world gives me so much angst and the people in our real life world and the uh, culture and economy and the politics and the racism, sexism, all the isms Right. that I actually look to these shows as like a form of escape from all of that because I feel like in some respects what's happening in the real world is so like graphic violence on TV is nothing compared to some of the stuff that we're seeing 
in real life. And I do agree with you. And I think that that's why when we have our our personal definitions of what's escapism, you know, for me, I'm all like, okay, well, let's push even farther because maybe my brain still equates it to a little too close to what is real life. So it doesn't feel escapist to me at all when I I watch it. it. And so I think that's really the only differentiating factor because I'm like, I know that this is supposed to be fictional, but it makes me feel the same way as these things that are happening in real life make me feel so I didn't feel like it, that's why I use the word is it was no longer entertaining yeah. to me. I didn't feel entertained when I watched it. I felt like the same thing all the time. It's funny that you put The Handmaid's Tale too mm-hmm. in this sort of trilogy of misery. Yes. Um, because I just. And I have not started that. So I'm looking forward to starting that. That was yeah. an incredible book right. that I read like in you know high school. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't thought about it in a long time. And watching, I just started watching that. I'm in season two, like episode three. Right. That is really a well done series. It is, and, and the acting is to, incredible. I haven't made it to season two for the same reason, because it is an emotional journey. And so I think that, you know, you know, certain people just need to be in a right, in a certain place in their life. And I'm like, I'm going to go watch some anime. You know, kind of thing. Like, what I do in my spare time, I watch a bunch of shows. I'm like, I'm going to go watch Seven Deadly Sins. Have you guys you know, seen the uh, video of um, Melania and her unveiling of the White House Christmas decorations this no, year? No, not No, yet. I know what they look like. They're, They're like, red. very red and very... Blood red. Yes. And like very Red Wedding Red? Like, like red. <laughs> No, yeah. Like Red Wedding Red or like The Handmaid's Tale Red. Like, very dystopian, very stark and bold and just kind of scary well, looking. I think one of the comedians made a, as they were just late night shows, they were just kind of making fun of the, the colors of the, the of that tree. They were like, some, like, somebody skinned the actual Christmas tree and that's what it looks like on the inside. It's, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. It's All right. crazy. Well, I am glad that you are here, Stephanie. I'm glad that you are here, Jaden. We're going to take our break and when we come back, we're going to go deeper into Game of Thrones. But since Stephanie's here, we also would be completely remiss if we didn't take a few minutes to talk about food. So we'll be right back here on Be Our Geek. And welcome back to Be Our Geek, again broadcasting from the Twin Cities Film Fest studios. I'm Miss Shannon, Jane Satia is here, and our guest geek this week, we introduced her to you earlier. She is a food blogger, photographer, podcaster, all things amazing, Stephanie Hansen. Stephanie, um, I am very happy that you are here to talk to us about Game of Thrones because we hadn't gotten around to talk about it. And just to give people a little taste test of some things that are coming up and some future episodes of Be Our Geek, we have some more geeks like Stephanie where they're going to talk about some things we hadn't covered that you might be surprised. Um, So in a couple of weeks, we're actually going to have our friend Marley Bigelow on to talk about The Bachelor, which I think I've seen some of. Stephanie, you've seen some of that. Yeah, Jayden hasn't seen any of it. So this is going to be quite... Just the commercials. (laughs) So this is going to be fascinating. And that's what I always think is fun, is watching somebody else get incredibly uh, excited about whatever their particular geekdom is right and so i like talking to you as well because not only do you know all this about game of thrones you've been watching it since the beginning but the fact that you do have this wealth of knowledge and information but if i ever have a specific question about food you can do all of this as well so when you were starting like stephanie's dish and deciding that that was going to be one of the worlds that you uh and the spaces that you lived in why did you decide to do that you know (laughs) 
<laughs> it came out of being fired. Okay. So, um, sort of fired. Mm-hmm. So in, I started working at, um, my talk one Oh seven one as sort of an entertainment reporter. Right. And I would do entertainment reports for Lori and Julia's show. And I worked at city pages at the time. And then, um, they thought, well, Hey, Lori and Julia have been so successful over there. Maybe we'll get another show like that. So I got a full-time show with a gal named Meredith. Mm -hmm. And after a year and a half, um, they decided that they were going to um, let her go. Okay. And I went into the big man's office and my partner's been fired. And I was like, oh, so am I getting fired? Like, it was very just, I don't know if you've ever been in a radio station or anytime you get fired, it's awful feeling. It is. And, and a lot of times even, it's a big shock. Like, yeah. you walk in, you thought you were doing well, and then you notice a couple of, like, big wigs who aren't normally around. And then you're like, oh, wait, is, are they here for me? And, and it's, it's not even feelings. really, like, personal right. most of the time. It's like, oh, well... We your ratings just weren't doing what it needed to do, or we're going to change format or whatever. Every time I've ever gotten fired in radio, it, I haven't. I've I've never been fired for a personal reason. I've been fired because they made a budget cut. Totally fired. You know, we put on a syndicated show. Like it was never that. Oh, we think you suck. It was. But you still feel fired, right? Because you, you still are, and you have no yeah, job. Yeah, and <laughs> so they were like, "Well, we're going to hire um, Jason Matheson from mm-hmm. Fox, and he's going to do the morning show." And and um, I was like. Okay. And we really, he didn't want to have a partner, so we really don't have a place for you. It's like, okay. So I said, you know, well, am I fired? And they said, no, but like, what else would you want to do? Right. And I, at the time, like the Food Network had started and I was a good home cook and I was sort of feeling obsessed with food. So I just said, well, how about a a food show? Mm -hmm. And they were like, great, sure. Yeah. Who would you want as your radio partner? And I had been on the air for 10 minutes with Stephanie March, who at the time worked for a magazine called The Rake. And I just got really good vibes from her. We weren't friends. We didn't know each other. And I just said, well, I know this woman. Her name's Stephanie March. I can give her a call. And they were like, yeah, why don't you do that? And let us know what she says. And Stephanie's now, she's the food editor at Minneapolis St. Paul yeah. Magazine now for and everybody out there. that mm-hmm. was 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. So every Saturday from 9 to, it started out, our show was 1 to 2, and then they moved us to 2 hours and moved it up to 9 to 11. And, you know, food in this town and just food in general has become more of entertainment, more pop culture, more lifestyle. And so we rode that wave, and it's been really a blast. I'm by no means an expert. The way that the show has sort of shaken out is she's the expert and I'm the eater. Right. And she's the expert simply because she's the reporter and that's like her job to do the fact checking. Can I pause you for a second? Sure. I know that you just said that you're not the expert, but I think being a food geek and being a, do you, I mean, because I listen to the show Mm -hmm. and you are an expert in this, you know, and really do a great job of researching what are the the fun and amazing storylines that go on surrounding food here yeah, in the Twin there, Cities? There are a lot. It's it's more than just like the chef culture of the Twin right. Cities because that's certainly one aspect. But what really gets me jazzed is the people in that culture, their stories. Right. So my particular podcast is Makers of Minnesota, and that is not only food, but a lot of it is food because that's kind of the world I'm in. Um, we talk to people that are making things, whether it's literal products or services or ideas or um, technology. Right. 
And that's, I love that entrepreneur story. I love to hear how people got started in what they do and how they made money in it, how much they invested, what the um, pitfalls were that happened to them. You know, we, I had a business myself kind of all the way along while I was building the weekly dish radio show. And, you know, we almost got divorced over it. My husband and I were business partners with a lot of personal drama, right? a lot of personal success, but oh my gosh, like our marriage was the Game of Thrones for a while because of that business. (laughs) Right. So having come out the other side of that, sold the business, had a good result, and still all the way along I've had this radio show. Stephanie has gotten, uh, she was divorced from the time that we had the radio show. Uh, She had a small child. My daughter went off and went to college. We've had a lot of lifestyle changes too. So it's just fun. Food is a million things. Right. It's people's stories. It's connections. It's family. It's technology. It's how you do your leisure time. It's really everything and for I think, me. You know, I you know I really applaud what you do because I I mean I'm one of those people that when I'm doing my Netflix Netflix binges, those are a lot of the shows that I gravitate towards. Or you know those yeah. you know watching the chefs table where they have all these storylines about these different chefs from all these different regions. Or you know even like all of the reality shows. I know that we you know if you guys had seen like my you know it was it's so garbagey. The final table, the most recent reality show, Netflix. It uh, just started and I one. haven't watched it That's yet, but I heard it's good. Right? International. Uh, I watched it, so I don't want to spoil it all for you guys. (laughs) I watched the final table. It was not my favorite cooking reality show. Part of it is fun, but it's so dramatic. Like they're like dun dun dun. Like they make it so like they're like the production of it, not the not the the people who are competing on it. They're all really cool, but the production of the way that they do the final table, it was way too many like spotlights. You gotta have a little bit of. too much tension, a little bit of tension. But, but I don't know if you do because that's part of the reason why I like Great British Baking Show. I well, just started watching that. It's just <laughs> joyous. And that's yeah. actually we watched that yesterday with my four year old. Yeah, right? and that show. I mean, I uh, yeah, there's tension in that you want them to all succeed, and you know right. everyone can't be the winner, but it's not made to you know it's not created in a way that you're all like this is who's gonna cut somebody's throat next you know (laughs) that show to me because it's what like eight seasons and Mm -hmm. i'm just starting to watch it that show to me is incredibly popular because it's very different yes Yes. it is about celebrating the people individually and even if they're not the best and even it's that's really a unique style right it's a wide spectrum of who participates they're just you know home bakers and, and they're all the good like, guys yes like usually in you a care reality about the arc, as much as you care about that's the, right the hippie or the 19 year old young one or you the vicar's right. wife the vicar yes and <laughs> i love the vicar's wife right. and they talk about the sponge they talk and i'm like i want to know the how way, to make the sponge they're the two hosts are great too yes they go they're re- they work really well together i think that's a, well, a, they a don't good thing about our show because I'm watching Mary Berry and is it Paul with yeah, the blue, Paul Hollywood. pretty blue yeah. eyes? Yeah, those are the first, those are the, the initial series. And so they do have, you'll see now, you can watch the old, the first, I believe, the first five seasons. And then if you see now when you're on Netflix, you see Great British Baking Show Beginnings. Those have the original hosts, so hosts those two yeah, those two ladies, who I think are fantastic. You know, I think they're, you know, my, so Sue and Mel. Um, and so, but in the new ones, they move. So in the drama in that particular show, they change networks. You know, kind of they change networks. And so when they change networks, <laughs> Sue, Mel, and Mary Berry all dropped off the show. 
So in the two brand new episodes that they have, they have two brand new hosts. Got it. And Paul Hollywood, and then a different uh, uh, female judge, this lady named Prue, who's a little snarky for me. So they managed to make Paul Hollywood in now the Great British Baking Show. He's the good guy. He's the good guy because you have to have the dick and the deer in every episode. And so now he's almost the deer because Prue's a little harsher. And so you're like, yeah, suck your teeth because that's how I feel about him. Like. It just doesn't have the same charm. Like you could tell that they're they told him to be nicer so that he would come across as the. I deer. learned things from that show too. Right again, my, yes. I, at heart, I just love to cook. That's kind of my like. I'll go work out and I'll go like into the kitchen and I'll just I'm the cook in the family and I love that. Like so, my son who's four, like he knows how to cut vegetables now. He cut all by himself, like just you know with little supervision, but. He and I watched those um, those tasty videos yes. on Facebook, <laughs> which are my time suck because you can't. I just have you to. You just so, they go one right after another, right? right? And then you try to search. Like, I wonder if they have something on like because they're concentrated two minutes, and you can get the entire recipe in like two minutes, right? You, I think those recipes are really family friendly too, right? Yes, because they're quick, they're easy, they're. Um, not super precious. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah, not you can above mess it up and it's still rolling right. hamburgers in, and you know, dough feel, and frying the ball. Doesn't feel pretentious. No. Like anybody can do it. Um, they have a good new cookbook out for Christmas season. Nice. Yeah. And I think that also, you know, I remember when I read Michael Pollan's last book, Cooked, which is a Netflix series now, too. And I like the concept because all of the, you know, everybody in my family, we still cook. But people look at it as just odd that we're home cooks. Because that yeah. is something that has kind of gone away. And like the fact that, you know, you're not always making these amazing, you know, everything I everything I make is clearly not Instagrammable, but <laughs> it's not going to get gra- it's not going to get grammed. But the fact that we still do it and being able to share that with your family and the way that he talks about it kind of from an anthropological standpoint, I find interesting. And that's why I think it's fantastic what you do on the Makers podcast and what you've done you know, on your blog for years is showcasing the story aspect of all these things and why it is still important that we as human beings have these particular interactions and why food has um, a place in that particular storyline, Stephanie. Uh, here's my trend for um, next year because I'm starting to think about, we're at the end of the year, I'm starting to think about trends in food and we usually do a kind of a prediction episode. Um, it, when you look at like these boxes, like Local Crate or Blue uh, Apron, yes, these boxes started out as being sort of like quick um, ways to teach people to provide better nutritious options for their families. What they've become is more like date night boxes. Yes. So a lot of them are a lot of millennials and people that aren't necessarily home cooks are purchasing these boxes. And then, then that's the big Friday night at home. So I feel like cooking is becoming more entertainment again and lifestyle driven than nutritious or satisfying like your basic needs. And that basic needs are getting satisfied by pre-made things at the supermarket or grab and go items. But when you really think about cooking and thinking about it in your home, that it's getting a entertainment lifestyle aspect to it. Right. So were you, because I know that I've seen you, like when you're doing uh, uh, one of the TV shows or one of your segments in town, you can give some good suggestions on basically how to do a good theme party or put things Mm -hmm. together. Do you, have you done like something where it's like maybe uh, a theme party based upon your particular fandom, like a Game of Thrones style theme party? No, but it's very aspirational to think (laughs) about that. Wow. Can you imagine? What like, would you serve? Game. Right. Seriously. <laughs> You'd serve like Just pheasant. Pigeon. Or. Uh, Wine. 
wine, Ale. lots of wine, okay. stewed fruits, yep. okay. like just kind of like, and maybe this is why Game of Thrones appeals to me too. My mom was big into the royals yes, and sure. just the, the royal history. And so just, you know, and some of my favorite Game of Thrones scenes, actually the royal wedding mm-hmm. was one of my favorite scenes. Um, not the royal wedding, uh, the red wedding, yeah. red wedding, mm-hmm. not only because of the way it happened and it was so brutal at the end and pivoting of the whole series right. but i loved looking at the ostentatiousness of the food okay. god yes right it was just i mean it was there, there was there was gluttony you could it just, was opulent yeah. it just was, like you could just see yeah. it and people were enjoying it and having a great time and that's to your point of like food bringing people together even if they're from different worlds right but that's the one thing they can agree on like this is this tastes good this yep. satisfies me this meets my need and then what happens afterwards happened afterwards. But like in that moment, everybody felt like they were part of something. And it was communal. It was like a celebration. Food is just. And it goes the other way, too. Right. Um, it could also be as part of like, uh, you know, when we have a, um, a, a funeral and then everybody goes back to the house of right. the person. Do so you know what I'm doing for my funeral? Because I've already mean? totally planned okay. this out. No. My family laughs. But I had a, a cancer scare about eight years ago. And I started thinking about like, wow, if I died, like, what would that look like? Because so many funerals you go to are kind of sad and impersonal. And right. our great grandma had died and we went to her funeral. She was 106. And as we're sitting in front of the country church, greeting people as they're coming in, this woman kind of comes peeling around the corner in this weird old Buick. And she looks like she's going to drive the car right into the church. But right before she starts to like head towards the church. She makes this weird right-handed erratic jerk of the wheel and ends up in the ditch nose down. And so the car is like teetering, right? It's balancing on this huge berm because she's gone face first into the ditch. Yeah. And we all like run over there and my husband opens the door of the car and he's kind of, it's very strange how he's having to open the door. And there's this woman in there, sure. Mary. And she was like, oh, I, I, I just, I got so flustered. My salad, my salad is in the trunk. Can you get oh my, my salad? Because you bring something to the sure. potluck at yes. these funerals. She was like very concerned about the salad in her trunk, a lot less concerned about her car being in the ditch <laughs> or her safety. And she walked like we get her salad out of the trunk and she goes into the church. We have the service. And in the meantime, a couple of farm guys, because we was in a small town, yep, came and pulled her car up. out. Yep. And I just was like, wow, this is what at my funeral, I want to have it like in a public park or somewhere outside and I want everybody to bring their favorite, like, potluck. You know sure, how your family right. has Absolutely. a potluck dish? What's Absolutely. your, do you have, like, a dish you always bring somewhere? Uh, my mom does. My mom's a, I was, I was born in India, so my mom's a huge cook. And every time Please she comes Please have me over. over. <laughs> That's one well, of my favorite time, cuisines. Well, and they used to own an Indian restaurant, and they've sold it since then. They've both retired, but my mom loves to cook, right? As part of that love. And Yeah. So every time she comes over to watch the kiddo, which is every, pretty much every other day, she brings, like, five or six containers of things <laughs> that she just made because, you know, cause she's retired and she just wants to yeah. make things. And um, there's traditional rice stuff. There's Yum. rice pilaf, like that whole thing. Yeah. See, so in my, those I are simple things to bring to a, 
a potluck, I Since suppose. Since I grew up in Arizona, my whole thing is it's enchilada. I call it, now that I'm here in Minnesota, it's hot dish. It's enchilada hot dish. Yeah, when I take green sauce. Go, mm-hmm. So I make that all the time. I used to be, I used to call it a casserole. But I'm like, you can't call things casseroles here. You know? No. <laughs> no. So, it's a, so I make, you know, and I think it is just something that you kind of go, well, what's your go-to thing? What do you take all the time, Stephanie? Or do See, you that's what's sad. I just, I just asked my daughter the other day, like, hey, what is, and she's 20. I said, what would be like you think is my signature dish that when you're not at home, you're like, oh, I want my mom's blank. And she looked at me. She said, mom. You never cooked the same thing twice. Oh, wow. She goes like, I like all the stuff you cooked. That's a cool, but, that's a cool thing, though. But I said, so what are your like favorite childhood recipes? She's like, dad's ribs, dad's pizza, dad's this, dad's that, something, Dolores's lamb. Like, I didn't have a, thi- a, what, a thing. Right. And I was so sad. Mm-hmm. I have like a cake. I have some cookie things. But I didn't have like a signature dish because I was always trying new stuff when she was little. And I just always liked cooking so much. I never really wanted Mom's to eat everything. the same thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mom's everything. Mom's everything. And now, <laughs> and I used, my family would make fun of me because I always put things in mason jars. Sure. But I'm, now that's very popular. I well, and I was long before the trend. I'm, they call me, there's a name for it. You're Jorder if you're a jar hoarder. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll put like soup. I'm, I mean, my, I have a freezer full of jars of things. So okay. it's People use fats, uh, don't it's broth. Don't it's, use freezer appropriately. I think my mom, my mom does the same thing. So my sister who lives in New York comes, you know, she's going to come next uh, week or so, but she comes every other month or something. And when she comes over, my mom's freezer is filled with stuff in plastic containers or glass containers um, that then goes into a carry-on bag with my sister back to New York. (laughs) It's only a four-hour flight, so it's not going to unfreeze, and you can bring food, you know, on on domestic flights. And uh, then my sister will put it into the freezer, and then throughout the next two months, thaw and cook. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's great. My daughter actually moved out on her own, and when she comes out, should we have Sunday dinner still? Right. Either my mother-in-law cooks it or I cook it. And she comes over for Sunday dinner and goes home with six jars of something. You know, usually it's soups just because that's easy and I have an instant pot and I make a lot of soup. But it's sort of my way of caring for her throughout the week. Like her feeling like loved and taken care of. And I don't live with her anymore. And she's at college. But I know that she's always got a meal if she decides to. And when she was little... In high school, her friends loved to come to my house because we had meals in the freezer. Maybe you should ask their the high school friends what uh, Stephanie's. <laughs> what's their favorite? What's thing? Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, I really could because <laughs> she'd get so mad. She's like, "Mom, we never have like snacks." I was like, "Well, what what do you mean? Like, what do you want me to buy?" Well, you just have like you know, most people have like chips and. Uh, you know, dips, and she's like, and you, you have, have chili, <laughs> and like, you know, and you have like a macaroni. I'll have macaroni and cheese frozen in like bricks. Sure, I don't do stofers; I make my own. Right? She's like, you just have meals. I, I would just want snacks. You know, you never want what kale you're... chips. It is funny. Yeah. I think that you kale know, chips since... are the worst. Oh, I don't like kale chips either. Um, but I mean, I think it is interesting when you know we're sitting here going, "That's probably awesome." But it, I'm, it's interesting that you oh, brought that up because, it. yeah, your kids never care. You know, kind of thing. Like, people go, well, doesn't your son love that you're into these videos and, and these movies and stuff? And I'm like, he no. does not care. It's not his fandom. Nope. He doesn't care that I'm into, like, comic books and, and, and superheroes. He cares about trains. That's right. So it just feels like, <laughs> like yeah, they like bits and pieces of, of who you are. And we, 
you know, each generation tries to like have their little things that I'm like, I remember doing this with my mom or I remember doing this with my dad. But it still is a matter of that no matter how cool you are as a parent, your kids still don't think you're cool. No, but they <laughs> take it to heart because mm-hmm. I just, my daughter, we went over there for happy hour mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, we're coming over for happy hour. She invited us. I don't know what happy hour means with your kid. Right. We get there and she's got a, a cheese board. And it's fancy. Like, Ooh. she's got this Norwegian caramel-colored cheese that's a dessert cheese, which I did not like. But I thought, <laughs> whoa, okay. She had this other Bent River camembert that's a seasonal cheese that's really hard to find. It's a local cheese. It's so delicious. It has, like, a birch bark rind on it. And then she had these big globe grapes and these special rice crackers. And she clearly – I took a picture of it. And she yes. was so – she was like, are you going to put that on your Instagram? <laughs> So she cares now and she's right. starting to care. Right. So um, you just have to like lay the lay the, the groundwork. Foundation. Yeah. Okay. As a foodie and as uh the holiday season upon us, uh if you could recommend a tool to be used in the kitchen that you use quite often or a tool that you think is underutilized in most sure. kitchens if they have it, what would that one or two tools Okay, I have two. Okay. One is a uh a gadget, which is the microplane zester. What is that? What? Yeah, what? A it, microplane zester. What is. am I zesting, <laughs> Stephanie? Do you ever go and get pedicures? Yes. And the ladies at the pedicure place will pull out the grater. Yes. And which do I it heard on you're your. Not supposed you're to not do supposed to. Yeah, but you're not supposed to. That's to do what that this is. Okay. So you have this. It's called a microplane zester, and you use it for things like. Uh, garlic. Yes. Instead of chopping sure. garlic, you just zest, zest it. it along this rasp. So it looks like a, a grater, but that's it's, right. Okay, so I have one of those. I didn't know that's what it's called. But it's you, a specific. I just call is it. Is it, it designed a specific way? Or there's a couple of them. Like Mine some are like long and thin. It looks others are like, like paddles. It looks like okay, a paddle, okay, okay. but it has all of the the serrations gotcha. on it. Like if you have, I use a that one grater. specifically for cheese. Okay, because um, sure. it's it. a little bit bigger. But they have one that's long and thin. Um, that I use for lemon zest because sure. yep. I think you should put lemon zest in everything. Yep. Um, also for garlic. Also for I keep my ginger in the freezer and I use oh. it for that. Okay. Um, you can just like nuts, okay. nutmeg. Honestly, I use it for so many things. A little onion in something that I don't want the chunks. I just want the the essence and yep. the oils. That's great. Um, okay. Yeah. Micro so zester. The second thing is an instant pot. Oh really? So I'm I crazy s- about my instant pot. Now is remind is instant pot is that a particular brand or is it an item? Is that like Kleenex or tissue? Like what it is, is it? It is Kleenex. Okay. It is a brand name item. It is called the instant pot. What it is is a pressure cooker. Okay. With slow cooker built in. So it's rice cooker, slow cooker, egg cooker, and instant pot uh pressure cooker. Okay. And I Got this kind of on a lark because we were going to do a show segment about it. I probably use it three times a week. Really? Yeah. Now, it does look like when you watch the all the videos online that it does do, as you said, a little bit of everything. It does. So, okay. And I was, I'm a big slow cooker too. Mm-hmm. So I kind of was like, well, there's no way I'm ever going to replace my slow cooker. People, I could get rid of my slow cooker. And that Because this me. does the work of slow cooker Yeah, and well. I love to cook beans. Sure. Yes. I'm terrible at cooking rice. So Chili would be great in that. It's amazing. Right. And and just like the way it braises cuts of meat, 
I use it to make chicken wings. You can make like super great honey sticky soy wings and then you broil them to get them kind of crispy. Well, so okay. I have another, so I have a tool that my mom uses um, is the air fryer. Okay. I'm against the air fryer. Now. Okay, so tell let's you talk why. about that. Okay. I'm not a big person for fried freezer food that then I reheat with the air fryer. That's what it's great for. Okay. So if you're wanting to have like a delicious chicken nuggets out of the freezer or um, pizza, those kinds of things, it's great. I'm not that person. If I'm going to get something out of the, I'm probably going to fry it myself. I'm just not a fried You couldn't person. air fry like a Brussels sprouts or. You, you know. can, you can, but I wouldn't. I would just, I would just uh, roast those. Roast them, yeah. I have a convection oven okay. sure. that works killer. So. I know that people love that air fryer. It's well, just it's, not going to be I've for me. I've seen more advertisements for it lately than I have. You <laughs> it's because it's the holiday season. Sure that and the Instant Pot are like the number two selling See, gadgets on Amazon. I've never had a uh, a pressure cooker or anything, but then I did watch back to our conversation about watching these reality shows. I did watch The Final Table, and they use a, it, uh, uh, a pressure cooker a lot yeah. in that whole thing because they only have an hour. And I'm like, oh, that's what a pressure cooker does? So I don't even know what it really had done because – we never had it's one. It's used at home. a lot in India. Like when my every house, every every kitchen has a pressure cooker mm-hmm. that's okay. on the stove, and it's just that's the way they make rice. That's the way they make, they make pretty much everything. And like for if you, I like to make my own chickpeas from dried or beans from dried, oh, you sure. know you can make from dry chickpea meal in that's thirty a minutes. Still though. Yes, it's, it's hard. I've tried just going from dry, and just <laughs> nope. <laughs> because you don't have a pressure cooker. Fair enough. Okay. I mean, honestly, I that's why. Because if you cook, if you soak the beans overnight, yes. right, and right, then right. you cook them on the stovetop the next day, honestly, I'm yeah. still five hours later, and those yep. things are hard as rocks. Yep. So the pressure cooker changes it all takes that. Takes care of that. Yeah, okay. and I will say, the instant pot isn't as instant as people want it to be. Okay. Some things are instant. Like you can do hard boiled eggs in four minutes, but you could also do hard boiled eggs on the stove with 10 in minutes 12. of, yeah. but they're better in the instant pot. They peel easier. They're always a hundred percent consistent. Okay. If you make deviled eggs, like you have to get this. If you make deviled eggs more than three times a year. See, now I'm glad to have that. Cause let's say, um, you know, we just said those two items. Let's say I have a smallish kitchen, which I do, but mm-hmm. I still want to cook. So I don't want to buy one of everything. Sure. Because I just don't have the counter. Like, that's yep. part of the reason why I never use my um, slow cooker anymore, because it just got to be a pain. I'm like, I don't sure. really have room. I have to leave it out. That's why I got rid of the blender that I had and put it away. I just slowly over time would stop using things because to efficiently use my particular space, I'd have to put it away after I was done with it, so I just got too lazy to get it back out. Well, I my Instant Pot has a gigantic dent in it because I, in my kitchen, built a bench seat yes. that I have. And I don't have a – I'm not a big appliance person. Mm-hmm. I have a Vitamix. I have a slow cooker. I have the Instant Pot. I have a popcorn maker. But I don't have, like, a lot of stuff. But I didn't have a place to put it because I moved into a smaller place, so I built a bench seat. And somehow – it got put in the bench seat, but not 100% right. So then someone came along and sat on the bench seat. <laughs> so my Instant Pot has like this giant dent in it. I don't even know like if it's still safe to use, but I do. But you're still using <laughs> it. Yeah, of course. It hasn't exploded. Not in my face. But. <laughs> but Stephanie, I think that that's the charm of it too, is that, you know, we went back to, you know, you called yourself not an expert, but then it was like, but compared to the amount of people that the average, the uh, compared to the amount average American and the statistics that came about how they just don't cook anymore. The fact that you cook on such an, a regular basis to the point that your children are like that your daughter's like um yeah i don't have snacks yeah and that they, <laughs> they don't appreciate it that part i think is, is is fascinating and that you have goals on 
uh, learning to do additional items and other things that you want to do. So I, I eat out a lot because of the show and for convenience, just like everybody else. I mean, honestly, if you saw my visa bill, I don't buy entertainment. I don't shop. I eat and I travel and my visa bill is reflect. Oh, and I drink, which is also (laughs) part of the eating and that's reflected in the bill. Right. Um, but I like to cook. I wish I cooked more. Like I just, you know, I wish I did more. It's, it's good. I like controlling. I'm always a little bit heavy because I eat out all the time. Mm -hmm. So I exercise like crazy, but I'm always still a little bit heavy. So I like to, when I eat home at home, I like to control what I'm putting in my food. Right. Because when you go to eat, I don't, I saw a recipe the other day. I mean, there was a stick of butter in the meal. Right. And I love butter and bring it on. I was like, wow, there's so much hidden in these foods that of course it makes it taste good. It it was a recipe that I did from a, um, a chef and it was risotto and there was a stick of butter in the risotto for that served three people. And like, I do think that's interesting. Like I remember uh, my younger sister and her husband, they're the, the official chefs in town. They've worked at different restaurants here in the Twin Cities. And w- she and I decided that we were going to, um, cause our, our grandmother, she was a good cook, but she was very secretive and weird about it. So she didn't give us a cookbook or anything. She didn't write all her recipes down. Moms and we got do em. that. Yeah. And so I agree. Do it today. Yeah. And so she just didn't do that. So we wanted our tamales to taste like grandma's tamales. So we were slowly trying to back into this recipe and then you found the lard and then we found the exactly we're like we found lard and salt those are the two things when we by by the time we got back to the point where we're like oh we took this much actual lard and this much salt (laughs) we're like we made them once and we never we went back to our recipe because we're like we just could not emotionally justify (laughs) doing it anymore the lard isn't as bad for you as people think I know in theory, like having bits and pieces of those fats and having that yeah. things. I am ab- all ab- uh, about balance and using those kind of things. I get it. But there are some things that honestly, my grandma had diabetes and high blood pressure for a reason. <laughs> I really am all like, you had sugar and everything. She, was one of those portions. Like, she put salt on melon to exactly. make it taste sweeter. Like, I understand that. If you're going to use that in one recipe, you are most likely going to use that same amount and or that. In you know, it's a, it becomes a go-to condiment almost to, mm-hmm. to use in a lot of other recipes. So... Yeah, so I'm assuming. I'm gonna blow your mind here too about something. What I firmly believe that most of, I mean, obesity is obesity, right? But I firmly believe that a lot of health conditions, like a diabetes, like high cholesterol, like heart disease, are based in hereditary factors. Fair enough. And that what is happening when you're adding the food situation to it is you're maybe turning it on. But it's not causing it. So right. I believe when I got cancer, they said you either got it from bad genes, bad luck, bad environment, or a combination of the three. So I don't feel like if you eat a lot of animal fats that you're just destined to have high cholesterol. I don't think that has anything to do with it. In fact, and I'm not a scientist or a doctor, <laughs> but I, I actually think that in my lifetime, we are going to attribute high cholesterol to sugar. Because if you look at the way that the large machine of food productivity and agriculture changed in the 1970s, it was from there that we started to have a lot of these food issues. And that was when we started to genetically modify a lot of foods. Right. And and we could go on and on about that. But genetic modification of foods has done two things. It's made it so that you can feed more people, which we need to feed the world. That's cool. 
but well, it's also changing the dynamics of the way that food reacts within so our bodies. So when an FDA comes in and approves a specific um, ingredient or gives it their, you know, their their thumbs up, mm-hmm. um, are they considering the long term effects, or are they just again? I'm I'm skeptical on like how much is short term benefit in in coming in from like you know we need this money so we're going to go ahead and improve something. I think it's good to be skeptical about that for sure in lots of things like I would say medical devices it's good to be sure. skeptical skeptical about that uh treatments of drugs you know the opioid epidemic all of a sudden we developed this massive great opioid pain relief and then the pharmaceutical company dumped it on America in a way that they were like, it's super safe. Everybody can do it. And now 30% of people are addicted to something or on anti-anxiety or antidepressants. And for some people, those are godsends. Like I don't want to judge what you're doing, but I think it's ridiculous to say that we're not over medicated as a society and food is health medicine. Food is fuel. Food is, something that can make you feel better or make you feel significantly worse. Putting it into your body, right? Right. And what's weird about food is it doesn't happen overnight. Like when you read about a lot of these cleanses or these diets, they it's 21 to 28 days before you really start to feel better. Most people don't have that kind of patience. And most people don't, you know, again, majority of those diets and all those workout routines, they they talk about like 80% of your quote unquote abs are made in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a lifestyle change as opposed to, sure, you can do it for, you know, 21 days or 30 days and you'll see some physical difference. But if you go back to your normal, it's going to go away within a, you know, within two days. You don't get skinny at the gym. Right. And Stephanie, I think it's interesting when you brought that up, like when you bring up that food might be important to your overall well-being, people kind of, and maybe you find this when you're doing your blog and some of the things that you might write on, they kind of look at you like you just said something, and maybe it's the part of country I come from, they use voodoo, like kind of thing. Like it's very easy for people to glom onto, yes, you might see some change if you take some sort of medicine or something yep. that was from a, a, a something like that. But if you go, no, change your diet, or this might be affecting you because you have some sort of food sensitivity, or maybe you shouldn't have so much dairy, then people go, ah, you made that up, and that's you know that's it's invalid. The, yeah, and people. I mean, my family thinks I'm a nut. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. My daughter has um, had depression and anxiety and. I really 100% believe it's based on your diet because your brain chemicals are made in your stomach, mm-hmm. your serotonin, your gut, your gut health. That's starting to be really clearly defined science. Right. It's starting to get to food companies and now they're using all the right words and saying all the right things. But And, and I'm not here to demonize food companies. Some of them are amazing. And again, they're feeding the world. But you realize that there is a real connection between your gut health and your brain health. And yeah, people think I'm weird and whatever. It's right. fine. I don't always practice what I preach either. You know, I love to go out to dinner and share a bottle of wine with a person. That's not really great use of my stomach chemicals for my brain. <laughs> right. You wake up the next morning, you feel a little foggy. Alcohol is a very um, difficult drug, actually, for yes. your body to process. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think it depends on what you're facing. If you're facing a cancer diagnosis, you can clean up your health and make your treatments a lot easier for you by doing the right things medically with your diet. Right. If you're having depression, maybe you need to get on antidepressants, but maybe you also want to look at some of the other lifestyle factors, even like vitamins, like how many, how much vitamin D are you getting? Now they're saying that vitamin D doesn't have anything to do with anything, 
the vitamin D that you get from the sun on your eyes for 20 minutes a day, I don't care what they say. That makes a huge difference in my life and many people's lives. Right. But you have to find out what works for you, right? Yes. And try through this whole thing and just kind of you know, make it a journey. And no one's the same. Like mm-hmm. what works for, I have a sister that's chemically dependent and her makeup and her lifestyle and her choices and how she's going to um, feel good in a day is going to be really different than what mine is. So, you know, just being flexible, but I am, a, I'm a seeker. Like I love to try new things. I, every diet that's out there, I've tried <laughs> every like magic pill. I've tried every kale chip I've eaten <laughs> and, and the, and then I'll sit and have a pile of a pint of ice cream at Izzy's cause it just tastes really good too. Sure. Well, you got to enjoy life too. Well, you said that you're going to get ready over on your makers, uh, the makers of Minnesota and on Stephanie's dish to kind of do one of those lists. So can you give us a little uh, a little flash of what Trends. we should Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and this was a little bit trendy last year, but even more so will just be uh, protein alternatives. Okay. So we were talking about, I podcasted with a guy that called himself a cricket rancher. Yes, because he knows our friend Tina Rexing. Who yeah, was on North Star Rex Crickets. Cookies. Mm-hmm. He makes a cricket powder that's full of protein and she puts it in her chocolate chirp cookies. Yes. Um, so protein alternatives and um, using different animals, insects, yep. and those kind of things, that's becoming more popular. Also, um, meal meat replacements. So like looking at making jerky out of fruit or making jerky out of taro root or um, things like that as a way to get more um, healthy benefits. Um, trying to think of what else is going to be popular uh, grab and go type things are still really popular. Um, different fruits that we maybe don't normally see here will, I think, come back into play. Okay. So things like dragon fruit, sure. passion fruit, um, different kinds of mangoes, and the weird hybrid fruits. Do you guys ever eat like no. the pluots and? There's I see them. I like I, you know, and and I don't know. It's always there should be like, a, like a taste center at the, you know, the Whole Foods or cups. Like, well, sometimes this is, is what this tastes like. Yeah, I'm so like, I, oh, I, it's a I'll plum, but it. it's an apricot, or, you right. know, or right. kind of thing. So I, I mean, I'll look them all up, but then I do kind of go, well, who, you know, I guess it depends. You know, for me, I'm like if it's a Franken food or if it's a farmer sat there and figured out how to like slowly bake these things together. And I, I always want to know where the idea came from. Okay, my famous faux pas on my show that's so embarrassing but it's still so funny is I saw this story about the Beniwi. Okay. And it was a banana that you peeled and inside it was a kiwi. Okay. They had like (laughs) genetically spliced the banana and the kiwi. And I totally 100% believed it. Thought this was the coolest thing ever because I love kiwi but I hate peeling them. (laughs) And I like if you look at a kiwi, you can see it like with a banana with the seeds <laughs> sure. and okay. So I was like telling my radio partner Steph March, I was like Stephanie, Did have you, you know? seen yeah. the baniwi? <laughs> and I think she thought I was joking, you know, and she was just like looking at me like, oh yeah, you watch the weird Facebook thing about yeah. how they splice the banana and the kiwi together, haha. And I was like, well, they did, yeah. And she was just like Stephanie. <laughs> They did not. Like, yes, they did. And I'm by 12. And I just, and, and she was, I mean, that is like famous because she just looked at me like she couldn't, she just shook her head. It was like, really? Are you so dumb? But it's not that far-fetched to think that you could. Right. There's uh, any food can, scientists out there, if you can 
Uh, a Baniwi would be a big be seller. And we know we already have a target market right. for it. So if they have anybody at least one that person. One. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so, Stephanie, remind everybody, uh, you know, if we're going to find you, where do we find you online? Uh, Stephanie's Dish is where you can find most of my stuff. I, I do a weekly dish radio show, but it also is a podcast that you can find there. Mm-hmm. And if you subscribe to the podcast, you get different content outside of the radio show that is happening more on the road. Which has been really fun. Stephanie and I will go eat places and we'll have a conversation over lunch or breakfast and we podcast that. And then Makers of Minnesota is also, you can find those um, podcasts there. I've had 120 shows with different makers in the Twin Cities. Wow. It is really fun. I, I sort of, I had, I'll be honest, I had, do you ever have like bad shows? Yeah. Not bad, but like, I like had, that wasn't my favorite. I had two shows right in a row where the people were interesting, but. I just wasn't gelling and I wasn't asking the sure. right questions and I got done and I was like, God, maybe I should stop doing this. I feel like I didn't even ask them the right questions and I didn't get any energy out of them and I just felt bad about it. And then the third person walked in the door, sat down and I talked to her for an hour and I felt like it was two minutes. Wow. Like she was just so engaged in what she does and excited about it and just I just got so much energy from her. I was like, this is this is like this is what I love. Nice. This is what I do. And we can find you on Twitter as well as that is yeah. at makers at, of MN. Yes. Okay. And at Stephanie's Dish are my handles. And Stephanie's Dish you can find me most everywhere. So here's what I would like to do. Because we do have a you know it's turned Watch into Game a, of Thrones. No. But, <laughs> but <laughs> to get back to the Game of Thrones. But <laughs> Sorry. it almost is almost there. Here's what I would like to do. I would like to have a Game of Thrones party like a a, a game of thrones dinner party that i think would be fun and i think that stephanie hansen you would be we could record it yes so let's do a game because i am because i you know i did do a little bit of due diligence and i know that there are some pinteresty people out there have done some things and i think we could do a fantastic game of thrones dinner party Okay, we can't make it a watch party because I don't want to watch Game of Thrones no. with, with any of you. No, 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 right. no, no, I just no. need to be alone in my space. And I don't, I don't want I to. I also like to watch Game of Thrones alone. Yeah, yes. and you don't call me during Game of Thrones. You don't talk to me during didn't, Game of Thrones. Didn't my Talk 107 did like a marathon thing up in the theater, the Icon Theaters or something? <sighs> It was for posers. <laughs> just wanted to make. I'm just saying. It doesn't look like the kind of show that you want to have a whole party of people. Around. No, you just want to be alone. But I would do a game of Thrones. I don't know. Like a dinner party would be really fun. Yeah, I'll be on down with that. Okay. okay. So let's find a place with that, and we'll, well figure it out. Shannon, we you can, can do come, it at my house. You can. Come, oh, okay. You can come with uh, costumes because that's something. I do you, have you, the costumes. You are a cosplay lady. Yes. Yes. So, yes. so I can always like come a, with the appropriate attire. I'll do that. Is a furry considered cosplay? I don't consider it cosplay. It's a lifestyle. Okay. You no, know, so no. I don't think I don't I, mean to like call you out or ask. No, but, but no, and I think and I am not a particular furry, <laughs> but I feel the people that I know within the commu- furry community do not consider it a cosplay or a costume. Well, you know? so I owned a printing company and one of the guys that works for us was like, "Hey, I'm I'm involved with this conference and we're going to do a program. Would you give us a discount on the printing?" And I was like, "Sure, sure." So the graphics files come in and we produce it and it's getting assembled in the back and it had like some staples and things that needed to happen. And one of the guys comes over and he goes, Hey, did you see this? (laughs) And I was like, no, what is that? And I'm looking at, I'm like, Oh, it was the program for the furry furry convention. convention. Mm -hmm. The one they used to have in Bloomington. Yes. And Mm -hmm. he was on the board. I was like, wow, this is amazing. I've never even thought about this before. 
And then I pulled him aside and I was his employer. So I was like, I don't mean to be weird. And you, but like, you asked, you're curious. I yeah. was like, tell me about this. This is fascinating to me. And I, I, I thought like, is it cosplay? Like, I didn't know. Mm-mm. I consider cosplay a whole different genre. So kind of thing. And I do think it's interesting. And we do, we, we have not thus far uh, tapped into the local furry community, but I am happy to make a couple I, of phone yes. calls. Have you talked to cosplay people? I do. So yes. we talked to yeah. yeah. So we know a lot of those. We actually have some. Um, uh, we're going to take BR Geek on the road a few more times. Like we are. In, yeah. So in January, you're going to be able to see us at Console Room, which is the local fan-driven Doctor Who convention that's going to be going on. And then in March we're going to be at MarsCon and I know that they have a cosplay uh, component to that as well and then for sure by the time we come up uh, uh, to July 2019 and we're going to Convergence 2019 there are plenty of people that'll be at Convergence that'll be uh, of that particular uh, mindset. So. One other trend, and then I'll wrap it up here because mm-hmm. I'm. We've talked forever. Uh, <laughs> I'm feeling like there's a trend that's an old trend that's coming back again with the young folks, which is: Are you hearing about all these kids playing Dungeons and Dragons yes. again? And we yes. have friends that never stopped personally. Um, so yes, and so I, you know, we can we could do another couple episodes of that. Like one of our our, our a couple of our good friends do that and do that. A lot time. of kids apparently mm-hmm. are rediscovering it. A lot of junior Stranger high. Things mm-hmm. kind of brought it back. Right. Too. Yeah. So and that's I fun. I am all for everybody getting together over a table and enjoying one another's board company. games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Absolutely. Yeah. Board games are big enough. Come back unless hard. they're Candyland, in which case you they're have like to new stack. board games. Like there's some, like, we can talk. We can talk an entire episode about the new board games. I the mean, Chow Crown. Yeah, yeah. We got that for Thanksgiving. We did it. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking? It's like a, yes. the crown where the forks twirl around, yep. and, and you get to eat different foods off of it. Yeah. yeah. So we have so many things. So Stephanie, we'll definitely have to have yeah, you back thanks. on. Yeah, thanks. It was so great. It'll be great. So everybody, go to her website. It's stephaniesdish.com. You get all that information. You can also uh, get all of her social media handles and listen to all those episodes. We'll make sure we connect to those. You can always find us. We encourage you to comment, like us. Give us all of your feedback. We've had some people make some great suggestions on who we should have on Be Our Geek. And you can find us by going to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and such. We're at Be Our Geek MN. Play my favorite uh, theme song. Oh, I'm going to play it for you. And we encourage everybody to make sure you follow us and see us next time when we return on Be Our Geek. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. 
Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.